Praise God. If you don't have the notes today, raise your hand. Our ushers will get you notes. They'll help you. We have hands here. They'll help you to follow along, help you to study out later. We've got them all across everywhere. I got so excited. Marissa and your dad, Sam, Sammy, Sam. Sammy's here. Yes, look at that. Man, that is, that is cool. Yeah, the whole team. I didn't, I forgot who, didn't, what's his name back here? Who? Evan. Evan and Micah. Thank you all so much. Bradley back there. We, I just got, let's just thank Bradley for all his years. Come on. Wow. But I, I just felt that. I walked in and just this victory rising up on the, you, you, the darkness flee, when in the darkness, you know. And I almost interrupted, but I thought, I'm going to hold off. But I just really saw the church as an army right then. In worship, Psalm 8-2 says, Out of the mouths of babes and infants you have ordained strength to silence the enemy and the avenger. So there's this silencing effect of the enemy's yapping when we worship. And I had this real sense. I just wanted, this isn't in the notes at all. This is just something I just wanted to share. What I was seeing and sensing was there's some areas where the enemy's been holding on, trying to keep, keep his d- dominion over. That's not a good word these days, right? keeping his dominance, dominion over. And it was like he was hanging on, and it was like you are, y'all's prayers, your worship was dislodging that hanging on, like he's going to go down the river and go get away from that thing he's holding on to. So, Father, even now, I thank you for, wow, that old song by Delirious, Revival in the 90s, Rise Up, Church with Broken Wings singing in praise and worship. I don't know what the rest of that says, but Lord, I thank you for a church that is rising up and is releasing the victory, causing the enemy to flee, the enemy to scatter. Let God arise over our circumstances and let the enemy be scattered. Now, Holy Spirit, would you release the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus in these next moments that we'll put logs on the fire, your word into our heart, that there will be combustion like fire in a fireplace. Your spirit would breathe on the logs of your word and we would mix what we hear with faith and it would be engrafted in us under the saving or the making whole of our souls. Lord, I even ask right now that as your word goes forth, those here or those online, that there would be a release of healing in the spirit, in the soul, in emotions, some with just an empty, heavy heart that you'd fill in that valley, and those with physical infirmities. Holy Spirit, would you release healing? You sent your word and you healed. So we ask that your word would go forth mixed with faith, Releasing healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, a lot of people right now are trying to forget 2020 ever happened. I don't really talk about, oh, 2020 through the year, you know, because we were really pressed in and looking at going forward. But, you know, I, I've, I heard this 
phrase so many times, I'm so ready for 2020 to be over. And it's like they can't wait for 2021 to start. And it's like, it's like in so many people's minds, so many Christians' minds, are, they're just like writing off the entire year. It's like a write-off. Now, that word write-off is actually an accounting term. Now, I am the furthest thing from being an accountant you've ever seen, okay? <laughs> but I had to look it up. A write-off is actually an accounting term for calculating a loss of inventory so that your annual taxes are lower. And so people are writing off 2020 like, oh, it's just a big loss. I remembered this because I like food analogies. Um, American Airlines discontinued first class travel and they would give these special nut mix out, warm nuts to their first class passengers. So when, with COVID, they, they stopped all first class and they got stuck with a warehouse full of 42 tons of nuts. 42 tons. Now, that's, that's the picture of it. But if you were to zoom in on the label, it's, it goes bad December 2020. So it's a write-off. And they're like, people can buy them at real cheap. I don't know if there's any left right now. But I mean, now just please forgive me, but... You can just see the airlines executive when they heard, hey, we're wasting 42 tons of this product. He, you know, he said, that's nuts. All right. <laughs> don't turn off. Don't turn off online. It's horrible. Yes. But I bet they probably did say, this is nuts. Yes, it is. I found this in, during this year that, that bad Challenging circumstances and pressures tend to scream, or as God tends to whisper. They scream at us, and if we're not positioning our hearts, that's why this prayer room is here, that's why hopefully you have a prayer closet, you can position your heart and be still to hear the whisper of God's heart in the midst of the screaming of circumstances. And I was praying over this even this morning a little bit, and I feel like sometimes the whisper I hear is how much the Lord says, Glenn, you move me with your love. You cause me to be undone when you take time to look at me and worship me. But I'm praying today the Lord will release a whisper in our hearts, showing us there was really a lot that God did in 2020. To not write it off, but to realize God moved in many glorious ways in your life. And even greater than that, you moved God in many ways in 2020 with your yes. And so I believe this is what's on the Lord's heart for us to look at today is to look back on 2020 with gratitude. You know, if we're not careful, we can start to develop a mindset in which we cease to be thankful for what God did this year. I got some stuff at HEB on Wednesday, and the cashier, he's ringing up my, my stuff, and he said, and it was 20, he said, that'll be 20, 20. It was $20.20. <laughs> and I was like, and he was like, ooh, I hope that's not a bad sign. <laughs> I said, actually, it's a good sign, because I got some stuff on sale, and I thought I was going to be more than 2020. 
But, um, you know, it's that mindset, and we can start to develop this. There's so much negativity that we have to resist against. I have some of these memes. I showed this meme earlier in the year. Um, it, it's uh, if 2020 was an ice cream truck and the kids are excited thinking it's ice cream, but it's liver and onion popsicles. <laughs> you know, then the next, the next meme, I found this this week, and for those who know Back to the Future, uh, he's saying... <laughs> It's a time machine. That's a DeLorean time machine. He's saying, never set this on 2020. <laughs> Seeing that same reinforcing that mindset. Then there's that recommendation. Is this something they do online to, to rate products? <laughs> 2020, okay. Well, that can start to get in our mind. And as believers, I don't believe we have to live that way. Don't write 2020 off. God didn't take the year off. He didn't take the year off. And I believe if we can end the year with thanksgiving in our hearts, it will position us to look forward with greater hope, greater expectation, because that is so much the prime mover in God doing greater things in our lives, is if we'll position our hearts. But it, but it runs back to, have we been thankful for the things God has done? And God is doing. So, Roman numeral two, God instructs us to be thankful in the midst of our circumstances. If I could put one word on some of, the, um, of my emotional reactions to things this year, it would be the word perplexed. I've, I've been baffled. I've been puzzled. It's like every time I turn on the news... I'm perplexed. And look, Suzanne and I look at each other and go, what? Defund the police? Wait, wait. What? You know, a, a policeman with his knee on the neck of George Floyd for almost eight minutes and 46 seconds. What? You know, it was just one barrage of perplexing things after another. And we're like salmon going upstream, fighting against all this. And it is hard for the Lord to highlight in us things to be thankful for and to walk in a thankful attitude. I'm just being honest today. Just be, you know, it was perplexing in many ways. The Hebrew word for thanksgiving or gratitude comes from the Hebrew word for a hand. And, and so that tends to tell me and actually, the, the original Hebrew meaning of that, of thanksgiving, was like it, it was related to an, your hands outstretched or reaching up. So thanksgiving in the original Hebrew was more of an action than an attitude. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. So it's like you're entering the temple in Jerusalem with your hands out or up. Enter his gates with an action, not just an inward attitude. There's a, there's a young man uh, who comes to the prayer room during the week at different times. And literally, I think God just, I mean, he, God sent him here. He comes and he prays. But when he comes in, he literally jumps off the ground. He's like, yeah, I'm here. Hey, there you are. 
And he just has such joy. And I was like, man, he's coming in with that. He's entering the gates with thanksgiving. So that's an interesting thing that the word to me, that it's, that it's actually uh, an action uh, more than an inner attitude. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 and 19 says, In everything give thanks. We all, we've heard this, most of us have heard this before. Not give thanks for everything, but in everything. In the midst of the circumstances. It says, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. This is the will of God that we give thanks. So little A there, paragraph A, line A. When we're not giving thanks, we are not fulfilling the will of God. We are out of the will of God when we're unthankful. That's important to understand that. Over the years, I've I've encountered many people over the years who have felt out of the will of God. They've said, I just don't know. I just I thought I was in God's will. They, They thought they were no longer in the right ministry or the right mission field or the right church. And they're like, help me, talk, pray with me about this. And many times when I traced it back, the problem wasn't in the externals. It wasn't that they were in the wrong ministry or mission field or church or other thing. It was that they had ceased to be thankful. Because it says, give, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God. They felt out of the will of God because they let unthankfulness become their lifestyle. Now, I want to qualify that here and say, there are definitely times where God transitions you from one ministry to another or one church to another or other things like that. But the instruction of Scripture is to be thankful in the middle of those transitions. In fact, I kind of see a, a, anytime there's transition, I, I, I think about oil in a car. A car's transmission needs oil. Back when I drove a stick shift, or when I, you have an automatic transmission, you have transmission fluid, you need oil so there's a smooth change of gears. So when we're thankful in the midst of the transition, and I've had many transitions, it's really hard sometimes to stay thankful, to have an attitude, you know, you're like, and it's like, no, this is me, I'm moving, oh, I'm going to stay thankful, I'm going to look for the good, and I'm going to worship and praise you through the mist. And then that gives me the oil for a smooth transition. So there are definitely times where that happens. I, we were at the, the house with uh, Suzanne's mom in Temple over Christmas, and I just couldn't, I just was looking at the TV, and It's a Wonderful Life came on in black and white, which is the only way you're supposed to watch It's a Wonderful Life. Preach, yes. And for those who don't, how many am I looking? I'm not sure because I'm old and, you know, how many of you have seen It's a Wonderful Life? Okay. All right. Others are looking at me. Well, it's good. But I tell you, the, the takeaway so much on this was it illustrates, that movie illustrates how important it is to be thankful in difficult times. I mean, you look at George Bailey, I think we'll look at, uh, there he is, and we'll just keep that picture up for a little bit. 
This is, this is when the bad stuff hit. I mean, George Bailey, it's Jimmy Stewart. He got blindsided with all kinds of bad things happening at once. How many of you have ever been blindsided with not just one thing, but just... Okay, so he had sickness in his home. His little daughter, Zuzu, got sick. He had financial crisis. His business, his building and loan was about to go under because his uncle lost $8,000, which back in 1950, I mean, $8,000 is a lot now, but in 1950, wow. So his, bill, his business was in crisis. He comes home, his, his daughter is sick, and then he starts complaining about his house being drafty about the kids practicing the piano and asking them questions. See, complaining is a manifestation of not being thankful. Well, I'm thankful. I, well, what's coming out of your mouth? See, I'm right now, forget everybody, I'm preaching to me right now. <laughs> if you're complaining, pointing out the negatives and the things, that's the manifestation. So he's complaining about the drafty old house, about the kids being annoying. And then, he, then he's, yell, he's mad at the, the knob on the staircase because it keeps coming off. Those who are laughing, you, you know what he's, what he's, what's happening. But it got worse. He goes out of the house and he gets in a fight, splits his lip, crashes his car, the police are after him because of the building and loan thing, the lost money. The media is after him. And he definitely became unthankful to where he felt so out of the will of God. He said, I wish I'd never been born. And then he did kind of pray, say, God, help me. And the, the mom of the kids, they said, is daddy in trouble? And they said, yes. And then one of the children said, should we pray? And the mom said, yes, pray. And then the other child said, can I pray too? You know, so, so that actually there was prayer going on. And, uh, and so then God intervened by sending an angel, Clarence the angel, who helps George Bailey to see things from God's perspective. Long story short, he comes back to the town and he is full of thankfulness, full of joy. I mean, his car still crashed in the tree. The building, none of his circumstances had changed, but he's like, hello, Bedford Falls. I mean, this is all fresh in my mind because I just saw it the other night. <laughs> hello, you old building and loan broken down. So he did all these things and nothing, here's the big takeaway. He was thankful and nothing outside got better for him to be thankful. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and say, if you'll just be thankful, everything great will turn around. I'm not going to do that. The source of thankfulness is regardless of your outside circumstances getting better. Now, it's a Hollywood movie, a great Hollywood ending. Everything did turn around, but that wasn't the source of his happiness. The source was that he had a thankful heart in the middle, yeah. in everything, give thanks. Even right now, I'm praying the Lord will give us strength to have that kind of heart in the middle of things. 
so that, in fact, the word, the Greek word for thanks comes from the word, Greek word eucharisto, charis, meaning grace. So, and grace in the Bible, you look through the word for grace, it, it invariably every time has to do with God's supernatural power. So when we're thankful, we are releasing the grace of God. Eucharist comes from charis, which means grace. So when we are thankful, we are releasing the power of God in situations. Sometimes things all turn around. Sometimes God works it another way. But we are, we are releasing the power of God when we have a thankful heart. So that's the big takeaway. Before anything turned around, he was thankful. There was a Hanukkah party here a few, a few weeks ago. Suzanne was sharing on joy and the source of joy. And uh, she was saying, what's the source of joy? And uh, uh, she, her point was that joy comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not based on all your events happening, lining up just right. And one is Kathy Wilson here? Kathy, Kathy Wilson was there. And Suzanne was telling me this later. She said, Kathy Wilson said this. She said, gratitude is closely associated with joy. And the whole, she said, the whole, all the ladies were like, amen. That was just, it was like the whole room went, that's so true. And so even right now, I just feel led to pray this. Lord, I just, I, I thank you for helping us to walk in gratitude. Lord, it's, it doesn't come natural given all the stimuli in our society of the media and everything else and just discussions, even in an H-E-B, uh, Lord, but we are of a different spirit. Ephesians 2, 6 says, we're seated with you in heavenly places. So Lord, you've called us, I believe, to live life from an elevated perspective. So I ask this for us. I, I, I thank you, Father. You have ordained us to live above and not beneath. You've ordained us to live with uh, not in depression or fear or anger, but to walk in love and walk in the Spirit. So I thank you for doing that in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Roman numeral three, on this last Sunday of 2020, I, I, I want to give you a little practical self-check. Call, I call it a gratitude self-check. Um, I was thinking of those who remember the old State Farm commercial, Aaron Rodgers, a discount double check. Well, this is a, that's what he, he does that when he scores a touchdown. I don't know what all that means, but it just came in my head and I get to make the message. So I went and looked that up and I put it up there. Just to maybe help us remember, there's a double check. There are two questions we can ask ourselves, and the way you answer these will help you and help me to see, I really had things to be thankful for this year. There are things, not just someone, some great big thing, but ask yourself these questions. They're in your notes, so you can ask. I maybe encourage you to keep them around and say, you know, when I'm starting to feel the slough of despond, you know, Lord, okay, I'm going to check myself. So here's the first one. Two questions. 
A, in the middle of the shaking, Roman numeral three, paragraph A, in the middle of the shaking of 2020, did I submit to God? Overall, did I walk in greater heart, in a greater heart attitude of submission to God's will, to God's ways, to God's leadership? In the midst of the shaking, what were my responses to the shaking? Haggai 2.7, God says, I, God, will shake the nations. The whole world has been shaken this year. And he's saying, I, the Lord, am behind, please hear me, some of the things that are going on. I will shake the nations. Why? And they, the result that they, the nations, you and me, will come to, see the capital D there? Desire is capitalized. Now, it's not in Hebrew, but it's, it's a proper name for Jesus. I, the Lord says, I know what's going to get your heart response to be greatest. And so I'm going to do some shaking so that you'll run to me and not from me. So that you'll not have everything, everything just so in the gravy that you drown in your gravy, but that you run to me, that you come to me. God has a twofold purpose for shaking. He is shaking. It's evangelization and consecration. He wants to, a harvest of souls to come in, the lost to come in, and he wants the church to be revived. That's consecration. Consecration means to come back closer, to draw closer. So he's after both. The lost coming to Jesus, the desire of all nations, and the church waking up and going, I really desire Jesus. Now, that's a huge thing, is if we are saying, I have a greater love for you now than I did six months ago, that's something to be thankful for. Mark that down, that you responded more in the, in the shaking with an attitude of submission. There's a great harvest and a great revival that the Lord is after in the shaking. The harvest is of the lost and the revival is of the saved. Great harvest and great revival. How many of you can say this year there was a lot of shaking? I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands. But your schedules got shaken. Your plans of things got shaken. Vacations got shaken. You know, your hobbies, I don't really have any hobbies, but if I had them, they would be shaken. I kept thinking, I don't know if I have any hobbies. Job situation, church gatherings, family gatherings. We didn't have everybody at, at, at Christmas or Thanksgiving this year. Things have been, been shaken. But in the midst of that, did you draw closer to Jesus? Did you come into greater holy intimacy with him? Did you trust him more? Did you submit to him more? If the answer is yes, that's something to be thankful for. I'm not saying you were perfect. None of us are. But overall, did you run to God and not away from him? It's a huge testimony if you did. Keep asking yourself that question. It's your yes. Your ye we live yes by yes. 
And each time we live with a yes, and it, it may be, eh, yes. It, God's like, oh, she said yes. B, the second question, in the middle, so God's shaking, but B, in the middle of Satan's rage in 2020, did I resist the devil? Overall, was I better at resisting Satan's schemes? The Bible says Satan has schemes. Was I better at resisting Satan's schemes than before 2020? If the answer is yes, I got better at resisting then you have something to be thankful for in a huge way. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Submit to the shaking of God. Say, I'm going to submit to you, Lord, in the midst of the shaking, and I'm going to resist Satan's rage and the enemy's attacks. I'm going to do both, as James 4, 7 says. Now, see, the big question I've heard people ask all year throughout, the, throughout this year is, what's behind all this? Is God behind it or is the devil behind it? As I've been saying last five, 10 minutes, the answer is both. God's been shaking and the devil has definitely been raging. He brings a spirit of sickness a spirit of infirmity. He does all kinds of things like that. So, in the, it, so here's the two responses that we have. We bow down, we bow low to the shaking of God saying, God, I submit to you more. And we rise up to the enemy's attacks. Bow low and rise up. May God give us the grace to do both of those. That's our responses. So, so if you can answer yes, Behind all this, I, I resisted better. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we must resist the thief. You wouldn't just let a thief come in and take stuff. Well, I might run, but anyway, you know, call 911. But, you know, you do something. You must resist the thief when he tries to come in. Now, lots of Christians have created a theology that takes resisting out of the equation. Well, if, you know, if, if it's God's will, I will be victorious. It is God's will for you to be victorious. It's, it's just, it's this, we, we don't want to put that resisting principle in the equation. Well, it's all God. Well, God is in control, but God doesn't control everything. He doesn't control your choice mechanism to resist or to roll over. Uh, I, there's something inbred in our spiritual DNA as believers that's a warrior. It means you be kind and be loving. But you, when you got saved, you didn't get on a cruise ship. You got on a battleship. And you're out there with your little... Virgin pina colada in your chair, getting the sun, and you're sipping, and all of a sudden you hear, and it's a and it's a missile launching over your head from your aircraft carrier. You're on an aircraft carrier, not on a princess cruise. Resisting? Did you resist better this year? 
I think you did because you're here right now. I think you did. In weightlifting, in bodybuilding. I was looking for a bodybuilding picture to put up on the screen, and I found this one. I think you'll like that. There it is. In bodybuilding, you get what happens to get bigger muscles. They come through resistance. You you press through the resistance. So if you want bigger muscles, you don't just keep putting the five-pound weights on on the bench press. You go, add more, add more. You know, you keep... Because the more resistance you push through, I'm not a, whatever the health people are that know about all this. What do you call it? Personal trainer and a, whatever. Uh, physiology, anyway. Kinesiology. Kinesia, thank you. Yeah. But what I think happens is, you, is your muscles tear. They tear and then in their healing, they get bigger. I've heard that. I, don't, I can't say that, but I hear that because I don't go bigger. I just go survival and I'm listening to stuff. I, you know, Steph sees me. I'm not, I'm not, I never break a sweat at the gym, but anyway. So, so, but it's through resistance. Did your spiritual muscles get bigger this year? You can be thankful for that. I resisted better. Paragraph C, resisting the devil involves maintaining your Christian witness as the pressures grow. It involves loving God more, forgiving others more, loving others more, serving others more, praying more, and sinning less. All of those are ways we resist the devil because he wants us to do the exact opposite. He wants us to sin more, to hate, to not serve, to be selfish. So when we resist the devil, we're engaging in the opposite. If you can say yes, then I just pray you'll hear the Lord say to you this year, well done. You did well. And you can thank him. Marissa, if you guys could come up. You can thank him for helping you this year. I want us to take a little time. I I should have called you up a minute ago or two, but I want us to take some time and we're going to hear some testimonies from a couple of people of some things specifically. But I purposefully wanted to give you this self-check so that you can say, well, I didn't have that thing happen. We can rejoice. You know how when you hear testimonies, you're like, oh, that was so great. You know, well, I didn't have that big a thing, you know. Well, you now can see there's much to be thankful for. And I've been believing even now the Lord would highlight, would highlight uh, to you. Yeah, you submitted more to me. You, Glenn, you sinned less this year. Can I say, I'm a pa- yeah, a pastor, yeah. you sinned less. I'm like, wow. Thank you, Lord. Can y'all go ahead and I want us to just worship for, for a, a couple of minutes and then I'm going to have the testimonies because testimony is a way of giving God glory. 
but it's also a way for the Holy Spirit to even show you how he feels about you. And then we're going to hear some in a moment, but let's just stand up if you would. Let's just engage our hearts in this. Thank him. Worship him. Lord, I thank you in this room of people and online people connecting who've bowed low to you and have risen up against the enemy. Thank you for our spiritual muscles. That you've been after us this year. You didn't take the year off. It was not a loss. Ooh. And Lord, you are, I just declare, whatever the thief has stolen, according to Hebrew tradition, Lord, you will restore sevenfold what the thief has stolen. In money or in currency of heaven, things money can't buy. Let's worship the Lord.